0: Good morning. By being here today and by joining us on Facebook Live, you probably agree with what we're going to be talking about this morning. And I'm very grateful for the opportunity to come together and to study a portion of God's Word with you all today. What we're going to be talking about is that worshiping God matters. Now, like I said, by being here and by participating online, you probably agree with this. And so I'm not breaking any news but I think it's important to remind ourselves that worshiping God matters. And so today we're going to look at why we worship, how we worship, and specifically our attitude when it comes to our worship. So starting with, with why we worship, Brother Dusty really uh, nailed it on the head in his prayer, and I really appreciate his words and, and through our worship and prayer this morning, because he, he talked exactly about Uh, the two main reasons why we worship. First of all, being to praise God. And that is really our foundation. That is the main reason we come together to worship, to praise God. And we see examples of this all throughout the Psalms, specifically in uh, Psalm 104, verse 33. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. And uh, as well as Psalm 7, verse 17 I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness. I will sing praise to the name of the Lord, the Most High. So I believe it's important to start our study today with this principle in mind, that praising God matters. And the number one reason that we come together today is for the purpose of praising God and giving him that praise that's due him, like Brother Dusty talked about in his prayer, because he is truly worthy of every bit of praise that we could possibly give him. Now, the next reason why we, we worship uh, is really these two principles that go hand in hand. Uh, first in Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. As well in 1 Corinthians 14.26, What then, brothers... When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. So we see here these two principles of why we as a congregation, or how we as a congregation, benefit from our worship to God. And that is to be taught and to teach lessons from His Word, as well as to be built up and edified. So everything that's done in an assembly should go towards both of these uh, both of these concepts, that through our singing, through our prayer, through meeting around the table for communion, we need to be edified and built up through those actions as well as learning more about his word. And this really leads, uh, leads us to try to understand that the words that we sing when we're praising God, they matter because they need to be, building up and edifying, as well as teaching us something about God's will and his word. So now that we talked about why we worship, the two main reasons why we worship, now we'll look at how we worship and how we worship matters. First, we're going to look at some examples of the, in the Old Testament about how God feels about worship and what his mindset is about our worship. And we see here a, a pretty extreme example in Leviticus about how worshiping God correctly matters and how he views being worshiped correctly. In Leviticus 10, verses 1 through 2, Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it and laid incense on it and offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Now the priests here, had been given a specific command. They had an authorized fire that they were supposed to be using, but instead they decided to do it their own way and worship God incorrectly. And ironically, by offering a strange fire, an unauthorized fire, they were consumed by fire themselves, and it cost them their life. Now, while that probably won't happen to us today, it's important to use this as an example of how God feels about our worship. He he cares about being worshiped correctly and we owe it to him to seek out the right ways to worship and to obey those commands. Now we'll look at the the story of Cain and Abel and how they worshiped God. In Genesis four, verse three to seven, in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, now the sin that was knocking on the door here for Cain was his anger and his resentment toward his brother that manifested in murdering his own brother. Now maybe that was due to his his jealousy or maybe that was due to his his shame in offering a an uh, insufficient sacrifice. But in Hebrews 11:4 we see by faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. So the lesson that I want us to take from this story is that giving our best to God matters. While we don't know the specific commandment or, or why exactly Cain's offering was not acceptable while Abel's offering was, we can take some, some important clues and determine why, why that might be the case. First of all, Abel offered a blood sacrifice while Cain offered the fruit of the ground. Now, historically, we see many examples throughout the Bible uh, of God requiring a blood sacrifice in his worship. But another reason that it's very specific to point out is that Abel brought the firstborn of his flock and the fat thereof. And that's not mentioned with Cain. It's very possible that Cain took the best for himself and only gave the leftovers to God. Or maybe he kept his flock for himself and he only gave the, the fruit of the ground to God and he wanted to keep that for himself. Whatever the case may be, it's very specific in pointing out that Abel offered his best. And that attitude is how, is how we need to approach our worship to God. That giving him our best worship matters. So now i will talk specifically about how. We worship specifically um, in in our singing in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 says through him. Then let us continually offer up sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of the lips that acknowledge his name. So really tying back here to to Cain and Abel, how their sacrifice was a physical sacrifice. Our sacrifice today is a sacrifice of praise and of worship. And how we give that to God is through the fruit of our lips rather than a a physical sacrifice. And the most predominant way that we as an entire congregation can all participate in that worship is through the act of singing. And in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 19, it says, Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. So we'll break this down a little bit. The first command here is to sing, and that is very straightforward. It's literally the act of singing you know, with our voices. But the next two parts I find very interesting because it commands us to make melody. And the definition for that is to uh, twitch or twang like, a, like you're playing a stringed instrument. And then the really important part is when it tells us exactly what that instrument that we're supposed to be playing is. And that's our heart. We're supposed to be playing our heart strings to the Lord. So while we're physically see, singing, there has to be a deeper, more important meaning behind what we're doing. When, if we're just mindlessly singing along and not really putting our heart into it, if we're not really paying attention, if we don't really care what we're doing, you know, if we're just singing because that's what we do on Sunday mornings or, or when we come together, then it really loses its meaning to Christ. Because as we've talked about, giving our best to God matters, and He has commanded us to put our heart and our soul into what we're singing. Similar, similarly, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 15, it says, what am I to do? I will pray with the Spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my Spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. So here again, the Spirit is talking about our heart, our deeper meaning inside of ourselves, our, our emotions and our passions that need to go into our worship. Because God is so worthy of our praise, but we don't give Him our best fruits all the time, do we? We don't give Him our first fruits in our worship. We don't actually put our heart and soul into what we're doing. And then, of course, our mind as well. Going, about, going back to one of the reasons we worship in the first place. It's to be edified and to be taught. So we need to understand what it is we're saying when we sing and worship as well. And I believe this also applies to when we're praying. When we're talking to God, if we're just mindlessly saying some gibberish that we've heard repeated a thousand times, so we figure that's what we need to say in a prayer, it doesn't really have the same effect to God. If we're really putting our heart behind the words that we're saying, if we're really pleading with him for whatever it is that we need, or if we're praising him through our prayer and giving him thanksgiving, it's not, or we need to be putting our heart behind that as well. Whatever aspect of worship we're participating in, we need to be giving our heart and giving our all to Christ. So now I want to specifically talk about more about our attitude when it comes to worship. Now this really ties into worshiping with our heart and putting our soul behind what we do. But it's important to remember that we also need to worship with joy and thanksgiving, whether in good times or in bad times. We see an example of singing in bad times or worshiping in bad bad times in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, when Paul and Silas are in prison and they still are singing and praising God. And the other prisoners, they hear this and they are edified by this as well. Plus the jailer, is edified because he eventually becomes a Christian. We need to remember that that our worship to Christ can be an extremely valuable tool in leading others to Christ. By teaching his word through our songs and through our worship and by demonstrating our passion and thankfulness and joy to God when we praise him. In Psalms 95 verse 1 through 2, oh come let us sing to the Lord, let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. It's vitally important that we remember that God is the rock of our salvation. The only reason we have a chance of getting into heaven is because he sent his son to die on a cross for our sins. So no matter what's going on in our, in our personal life, if, if we are in one of those, those bad times, we still need to be focusing on at least the one good thing. If nothing else is going right, the one good thing we can always turn to is that Christ has given us hope of an eternal life. And so we need to use that attitude to praise him in good times and in bad. And even if it's not necessarily our, our life is is ruined at the moment, but if we're having uh, an off day and we, we don't feel like worshiping or we don't like a song and so we don't want to sing it, it's important to remember that our attitude in our worship matters to God because he craves our worship. He has commanded our worship and we need to be obedient to him by giving him our very best and, and showing that joy and thankfulness to him for everything that he's done for us. Uh, we read earlier in Colossians 3 verse 16 and so now we'll kind of pick that up and read a little bit more in Colossians 3. And verse seventeen and verse twenty three. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. So I really think this this really hammers home our, what our attitude is supposed to be when we're doing anything, but specifically uh, in our worship to God. Because in verse 16, it's talking about singing and praising him. That, that follows with the rest of this verse, that whatever we're doing, when we're worshiping God, we need to be putting our heart and soul, our passion, everything that we can into his worship. Now, finally, in, in Mark chapter tw- uh, 12, verse 30, it says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength we need to be worshiping God with every fiber of our being because that's what he deserves. That's the praise he deserves. If we truly love him the way that he has has asked us to, that we have been commanded to love him, then we will put everything into our our service to God. And specifically when we come together, when we're worshiping God, that should matter to us because it matters to God that we're worshiping him correctly, that we're worshiping him with our heart, that we know why we're worshiping him, that we know how to worship him. And most importantly, that we have the right attitude when we worship because God is is worthy of every bit of praise and adoration that we can possibly give him. And when we come together to worship and to, to sing his praises, those benefits pass to all of us as we can sing In common and grow that that bond of fellowship that we have with another. So I hope this morning we can all be reminded of of what it means to worship, and we can take that and and use it as a reminder to apply to ourselves as we go forward in, in this worship service as well as the worship services to come. If the church can assist you in any way at all, if you want to rededicate yourself to, to the worship of Christ, uh, or you need the forgiveness of sins by, by following his death burial, death, burial, and resurrection through baptism, please come forward and sit on the front row as we stand and sing the song that's been selected.